What up, though? This is Pop Culture 223, a podcast where we talk about firearms, the Second Amendment, gear, and the culture. Get it popping with us on this journey. Let's go. What up, though, everybody? This is the Pop Culture 223 Podcast. This is episode four. Um, I got my homeboy back, the bear. Uh, he was gone last episode. I'll give him a, a couple buckshot. Oh, he got some claps. They're they working it's good. They're working right they now. They're working good today. What up, um, though? I got my boy Chad here. I want him to introduce himself, man. He got a lot of titles. I thought I was going to be able to uh, say them all, but uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself, man. Um, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. I'm Chad King. I'm the co-founder and current president of the Black Bottom Gun Club, which is a chapter of the National African American Gun Association here in Detroit. I'm also the regional director for the Midwest with the National African American Gun Association as well, and the chief instructor, owner-operator of Apex Defense Solutions, LLC. I had to wait, man. I ain't want to jump the gun on hitting him with the <laughs> claps too soon. He had a man. whole paragraph a of accomplishments. I mean, Mine's is short. Titles, titles. I mean, all that matters is getting the work done. That's man, all. It, man, this man, he sound like, uh, what was my man uh, 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 in Rocky? Who? Uh, Apollo Creed, how oh. he had the master disaster, <laughs> King of Sting, and the mean, he got mean all, green. Yeah, he, he got, got all that, man. That's I'm, what's up. I I'm like glad that. I reached out to him, man. Um, it's going to be a great podcast. Like, this is episode four, I think, of the Pop Culture 223 podcast. Mm-hmm. And we all about bringing game to the ones that need it and training the ones that want it. Um, as far as education, we've been on the education tip for a minute. Um, I love the education tip. But look, I got a rant, man. So look, this is me. I'm apologize to my mama. I'm gonna apologize to my grandma, right? The ancestors. Look, I was in Walgreens the other day, right? I'm grabbing some stuff. I get in line. I'm two people back. Mm-hmm. Grandma up front, grandma. trying to grandma up front trying okay. to check out. Okay. You know they give them these new credit mm-hmm. cards, right? Mm-hmm. With the tap, right? Mm-hmm. So she's trying to pay for all her stuff. You know, at Walgreens they want you to put your phone number in to get your code and yeah, all this right, and all that. Right. So one, she don't remember her phone number. Mm. So she trying to figure that out. Mm. Then she tried to, she put the card in. The lady said, no, you can tap it. Mm-hmm. Why she take the card out and tap the chip? Mm. <laughs> mm. She take the card out and tap the chip. And the lady that was in front of me looked at me. I just turned around and say, hey. <laughs> <coughs> I was just like, hey, wow. man, I, I was... Yo, since COVID, man, sometimes I be out in places and I'm just like, man, I should just order stuff online. Did she finally get it together? She did. She was just like, I can't, I can't take this. This is, you know, all this new technology. But I'm like, grandma, it's a tap. You tap and walk away. You don't take the chip, you don't take the card out and tap the chip. Right. It ain't a garage right. door opener. Right. So, mm. hey man, that's that's my little rant, man. But uh like I said, we're here today with Chad, man. I want to get into some stuff. So he's, I'm going to tell you, well, this is background, right? So he's the uh, president of the Black Bottom Gun Club. Um, how long has the, when did, when did the Black Bottom Gun Club come up? How long has it been here? Black Bottom Gun Club has been around since July of 2017. 
Okay. Uh, started by myself and Kofi Kenyatta. Right. Um, as a result of just a couple of different conversations with the president and vice president of the National African American Gun Association, Phil Smith and uh, Doug Jefferson. Mm. A couple of different conversations with them after seeing events that was happened from 2014 to 2017. And it was one of those things where we were trying to find a space for the black gun owner, right? Mm. Where we could, you know, commune, fellowship, uh, all of that stuff. And really around here, that wasn't really a thing. Right. Right. We kind of talked about that previously too. Yeah. It wasn't really a thing that we could see, like that we could, that was out there like that. So, you know, we started looking around for other organizations and, and all of that. And we saw the National African-American Gun Association. I'm like, oh, they, it's an actual black, like for real, a large black gun organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we reached out, um, had some conversations. Like, what would it mean to start a chapter in Detroit? Um, and from there, we began having conversations um, up until, I want to say we started those conversations in April or May of 2017. July uh, on the 14th, here we are. July 14, 2017. Now, how long has uh, the NAGA been around? National African American Gun, Gun Association has been, excuse me, National African American Gun Association has been around. Right. <laughs> um, so, the National African American Gun Association has been around since February 28th of 2015. It was right. started, oh. yeah. It was started by Philip Smith in uh, Georgia. That was the first uh, right. chapter in there, and then they grew from there to all across the country. Okay. So, they got nice little. Membership, us uh, about forty to fifty thousand members across the country, and about uh, a little bit over a hundred chapters across the country. Mm. Mm. Pretty good. That's that's good. Yeah. And then, um, like you said, yeah, we always talk. When I didn't even know it was a thing, I thought it was just the NRA. But when I seen the National uh, African American Gun Association, I was like, okay. Um, I looked into it, and I think I signed up. No, I think I signed up through Black Bottom Gun Club. Because mm-hmm. once you sign up through Black Bottom Gun Club, then you become a a member of the of NAGA or how? So you sign up through the national uh, website, and then you can become a member of our local chapter. Our local chapter. Yeah. Okay. So when y'all seen that, when you and Coffee was talking, like, what was the journey? Like, look, how how are we going to Im- implement this in the city of Detroit? Like, how are we going to get started? Or So, like, I, honestly, man, it kind of came as a result of anger, right? Because we had started seeing other organizations, national organizations, put out advertisements and stuff in the news or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when, at one point, he renounced his certification with an organization. I wasn't an instructor yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'm sorry, not his certification, his membership with the organization. I wasn't an instructor yet. And I know that he was at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where we saw what they was doing and we knew that it wasn't for us. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at it like, all right, how can we be in this space? but make it welcoming for other people that look like us and have similar ideology, similar history, right. all of that kind of stuff, right? Um, because because just just, in, just keeping it a buck, a, a lot of the quote-unquote uh, larger, you know, broader 2A community, mm-hmm. um, people talk about it like it's a community, but then you got gatekeepers that say that, well, if right. you don't believe the things right. that we do, about this other stuff that has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the Second Amendment per se, mm-hmm. you can't be a part of what we're doing, or you 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 need to be taxed more, pay more, or you should give up your guns and all of that kind of stupid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, for us, it was one of those things where nah, you can have these these different you know beliefs, systems, ideologies, different backgrounds, or what have you, but as long as you are aligned with the values of 
who we are and what we about, mm-hmm. then come through. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, like I said, and that's, I see, a, but see, in the city, I guess when I looked at it, I was just like, okay, if you compare it to like Atlanta somewhere south, they get more participation from mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, like, I don't want to say, like, in the south is, in, in Atlanta, let's just say Atlanta, I don't say like the neighborhoods, but it seemed like they get more participation if they out there shooting. Mm-hmm. Like Detroit, you come here, I'll be like, okay, they got this club, it's a gun club. How they how are, how are our people gonna look at it? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they gonna say? Is it gonna be like, oh, just like my aunt, or my auntie? Oh, you action Jackson? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all out there shooting, doing whatever, whatever, whatever. But how they gonna look at a gun club that's positive, they're doing stuff in the community that you know helping educate? Like, how are everybody else? How is the city of Detroit gonna look at that? Right. And like, everybody said they want to shoot. Everybody right. want a club or something to be a part of. Right. Why not come out and be a part of the Black Bottom Gun Club? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that, I like you know how how. Like in the city, is it hard to get people to come join to the Black Bottom Gun Club? One, I'm gonna say this. It, it, it's funny. Like, <laughs> I was at the gun store years back. Dude came up to me, tapped me. Hey, you part of the Black Bottom Gun Club? <laughs> I'm like, bro. Wh-? I'm like, <laughs> and this is like when it's before you stuff. Right right, here. I'm like, I know. By this time, all right, me and Chad already talked. Mm-hmm. I kicked it with Chad. I owe Chad a shirt to this day. I ain't Still forgot, Chad. Shirt. Damn. I ain't forgot about that shirt, bro. Listen, I I, I don't forget. I forgot about nah, that. Nah, man, I owe him a shirt. But I was like, man, I know Chad. I was like, I know about the Black Gun and Gun Club, but it's the fact he whispered it. Right, like, right. Like, hey, you part of the Black Bottom Gun Club? I don't care where we at. Yeah. Right. No? Okay, let's join. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. why why are we whispering about it? Right. Like, right. why is it a secret? Like, what are we in the city? This we right. in Detroit. What? Right. Right. This what's, is our city. What's so anonymous about it or secret about it? Man, man? You're part of the Black Bottom Gun Club. <laughs> <laughs> what's the handshake? Right. Hey, you can't have no high points. K- K- KJ, you should have been like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I am. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, I'll say this. The challenge within, if you're looking at Detroit as like the city proper, the challenge is that there is really no place to train inside the city limits, right? right? And when you take that fact that people inside the city have to go outside of the city, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, public transportation is not the best mm-hmm. to be able to get to some of those places, mm-hmm. right? Then it is a challenge in that regard, right? But at the same time, I do think that the response overall has been positive for our gun club, particularly as it relates to the community service stuff, right? Okay. When, we, when we host events where we are uh teaching kids you know firearm safety and shout out to the safe and secure project with malik hicks and Spencer Johnson as well and other members of the black bottom gun club um you know when we're doing events like that or when we take boxes of gun locks and literature mm-hmm. and literally gorilla drop into a corner like right. greenfield and joy roll and walk around and pass out locks and literature and go to businesses bars salons shops, laundromats, mm-hmm. hit people at the, at the crosswalk or intersection. When people see us doing that kind of stuff, then the response is generally positive. And then people hear about it and you talk about it and mm-hmm. you might see the literature with our logo on it. And then it, it, it's, it's, you know, this is expansive process where 
it just spreads to the point where we catch sometimes the attitia, uh, not attitia, excuse me. Uh, yeah, you said it. Yeah, you said right. it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real good one, attitties. Um, but where we catch the attention of city council members, right? Mm-hmm. Back in November, Kofi and I, we did a firearm safety and legal presentation for his district, the D1CAN. Uh, okay. So we do stuff with, with uh, uh, Councilman Pro Tem, James Tate a lot as okay. well, right? Um. We do things with different ranges where we teach the kids safety stuff. We go into mm-hmm. neighborhoods just directly on our own and, and drop stuff off. We will, you know, work with different schools throughout the city of Detroit and either virtually or in person have conversations about firearm safety. Right. We just did something on the 28th at Detroit Lions Academy on the east side mm-hmm. where we talked to this uh, program called, uh, it was a program called Motivating Moms, and we were talking to them about firearm safety and locking guns up and dealing with, you I know. I saw that on the ground, yeah. Yeah, doing a mental health component and, and, and all of that kind of stuff, right? So we, we do those things in the community, um, but we also get busy with training too, right? And so the flashpoint or that nexus point is, what does it mean when you begin seeing black people who own guns mm-hmm. doing this kind of work in the community to, to improve the community or better the community or to help become these conduits to individuals in the community mm-hmm. to their own empowerment, right? When you see that and then say, oh, they get busy on, on, on the range too? That, so the response, you know, has generally been positive. But at the same time, it's still, to your point, kind of an unknown quantity in a lot right. of ways, right? Because people will say, you know, we're part of the Black Bottom Gun Club. They're like, what's that? National African American Gun Association. Word? You know what I'm saying? You, it's still, Are y'all part of the NRA? Uh, yeah. We still get stuff like that. Are we part of the NRA? And, right. and just to, for the record, the National African American Gun Association is totally independent of any other organization right. out there, period. That's what's Full stop. Right. Now, now, let me, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but let me ask you this because it goes along with what he stated, you know, just using Atlanta as a reference and what yeah. we've been talking about this whole conversation. Um, so, when you look at, I think the difference in um, what kind of makes it easier for them down south, that's a, to, in my opinion, a hindrance for the city, is that everything here is so close. Mm-hmm. And I think if you like, if you ever been out out west as well, I think mm-hmm. Atlanta is more or less like kind of how like New York or how Los Angeles is, where Atlanta's the city, but there's so many other suburbs that are even you know ten, fifteen, even probably almost twenty miles out that almost get considered as quote-unquote Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's where you got more land and stuff to be able to do, where everything here is so compact and it's all right here. It's almost like what what should have, what was supposed to happen, if, if a lot of people knew, know the history and don't know the history, uh, you know, with some of these other surrounding cities that were supposed to have been absorbed but never did. Like Southfield was actually supposed to be a part of Detroit. Oak Park was supposed to, you know, years ago been absorbed. It's a lot of them Oakland County cities and, like, bordering uh, Wayne County cities like Livonia and Redford and stuff that were supposed to be absorbed to make Detroit bigger like that and on that type of grander scale. Do you think that that's um, impacting that as well? And how can we, I don't want to say get around that, but but make an adjustment to that to have the same effect like they do with shooters in Atlanta or, you know, Georgia, you know, Dallas or places like that? So I think that you're right in that geography is plays an important role, but I also think that there's a lot of, of cultural differences there as well, right? Because mm-hmm. when you look at the Great Migration historically, right, right, and the people who stay in Atlanta, they still had to deal with mm-hmm. the active variations and active oppression right. in a way that wasn't necessarily in the North. And that's not to discount right. what was happening in the North, right? Because right? it was still violent racists up here too. Right. 
but down there it was definitely a little bit more pronounced right and because more open yeah and because yeah. it was so pronounced and more open down there then gun culture among black folks was really really a thing right right um up here people were were coming to the north to kind of get away from mm-hmm. that extreme racist violence right and we used to have to essentially deal with the subtle racism mm-hmm. right um again not as pronounced but still here um and so when you have that culture shift and, and, and this idea that you don't have to deal with the Klan burning your house down mm-hmm. like you would have had to do in Georgia or other places in the South, um, it, it's a couple of things. Number one, it shows how much racism that you want to tolerate, mm-hmm. right? Which, all right, that's a thing. Let's not, I'm not begrudging any of the ancestors who came up to tolerate less racism, but still right. tolerate, right? Not begrudging them at all. But I think at some point you lose some of that cultural richness when you have to go to a different place and assimilate, mm. right? And so I think what has happened here in, 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 you know, in a lot of northern cities is that that cultural richness was lost to assimilation based on where we was at, mm. right? And so to your point about the geography and how mm. the different cities broke off, understand a lot of those cities broke off as a response to the growing black population right. in Detroit, right? Mm. Right. So let's let's not again that that's part of that racist legacy as well mm-hmm. that yep. we can talk about and, and kind of see that for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so how we can use it, we can look at that information from a historic perspective and and how do we use that today to impact the black gun owner or bring more black gun owners into the fold mm-hmm. up here? I think part of that is the education on that history, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think through the education on that history, what you'll ultimately end up seeing is the fact that. <laughs> The, the, the education on that history is what you'll find out is that a lot of people don't know that history, mm-hmm. right? And because they don't know that history and they get exposed to that history, it's almost like a catalyst or something that sparks right, in their head. Something sparks like, like the, the dream like, or whatever. Like, yo, this is something that I can do because we've done it before, mm-hmm. right? So you essentially make it more accessible to them through that history, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, you can show them, you know, with the different uh, – um, not just accessible through the history, but accessible through through fellowship. Yeah. Right. That's the other piece because they see you doing it, and so they feel like they can do it too. Yeah. Right. Like within the, within the Black Bottom Gun Club, we got some of everybody mm-hmm. in our club. Right. We got IT professionals. We got engineers. We got lawyers. We got doctors. Uh, we got people in in news media. Mm-hmm. Right. We got electricians. We got security professionals. We got insurance professionals. We got in anything you can think of as a career. That's in this country. Our club has some of that, and so it's a diversity. Yeah, that's and so up. and it's and that's the beauty of the diversity of blackness because we all throughout this thing, mm-hmm. right? And particularly within the gun club, we all through any type of field of of, of endeavor you can think of, uh, whether it's blue collar, white collar, executive, or or professional, mm-hmm. right? We're all a part of that, but we got that thing in common of that kind of shared history and our affinity towards letting rounds down range. So. Um, I'm gonna double back a little bit. <laughs> boy, that boy good. <laughs> that boy Chad good. Boy good. Um, man. I just let's like I said, double back um, on the education, especially with the kids. For me, and I know you, you know, I created. Well, I was a co-creator of Erica's Big Day book. It seems like it's been hard for me to try to bridge that gap with the kid. I'm gonna bridge that gatekeeper with the schools mm-hmm. because for me, it seemed like the moment they say, "Oh, it's a." It's an education about teaching kids how to be safe around firearms. Mm-hmm. We say firearms, they hear gun. Yeah. And it's like, choop, they cut off. Or it's like, 
oh, let me get you with such and such. Mm-hmm. And then it's pushed back. Then let me get you with such and such. Then it's pushed back. And I'm just like, man. And it, and it get disheartening because it's like, okay, I got this education. I'm passionate about it. But how do I get it? How do I get it out there in the schools or, you know what I'm saying? Or just because we got curriculums. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, you know, what you know, what the Black Bottom Gun Club was doing, like, you know, just to try to get it, like, you know, what advice you got? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is, is a lot of that stuff definitely does come down to networking and, and who you know, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, for us, what worked out is that we have and have, you know, we used to have and we have members who work in the school district, whether it's at the district level or at a school, right? And so we bring them in and they see the value of what we're doing as a club when we're talking about doing these free safety lessons or very, very inexpensive safety lessons for kids, right? So they see that stuff and they become a part of it, whether they volunteer to help out on the range or volunteer to help craft and design what the curriculum looks like. Now these, right. uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but these are like, we talking like educators, like uh, teachers, or are you talking about parents or? It's teachers and administrators. Okay. Teachers, administrators, vice principals, all of that. That's what's right? up. We got some of all of that in our gun club. Mm-hmm. And so when you have folks like that in the gun club that, you know, see the value of what you're doing because they become a part of it, they've, I don't want to say bought in because we're not selling anything. Right, but they have they have that buy in, right? Because mm-hmm. they see the value of what it is. Then they share with their peers in the workforce, right? Or they say, you know what? I wonder if I could talk to X, Y, and Z about if we can get this at this place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we got in with the Detroit Lions Academy. That's how we got in with a couple of different schools or whatever over the past couple of years to kind of teach this stuff and 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 present this material and the safety stuff to folks. So it's definitely about who you know, but that's only going to go so far. Right, because the who you know has to be backed up and substantiated by the work you're doing and the work you're putting out there right. before you even meet anybody. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of where that that would be my advice, and in particular with your books, man. I mean, we we should have been had conversations so that we could make that as part of what we do um, with our safe and secure project, right? Because we do that probably once a quarter. I got some dates scheduled right now. My next one is in um, April. Safe and Secure Project, I believe it is. It, it, it's, it's tentatively scheduled for like April 12th or something like that. So, I mean, we could definitely bring you in. And, well, and, we're here now. We're talking about yeah, it. We're we, we going to get it popping. That's how we can bring in and, and have you, man, you. We need some more books, man. I need a couple. And have you, put you know, here, man. bring those books in, you know, for the kids um, and, and have those available at that at that event. So, that's, man, that's these, these ain't dollar store books, man. We got to buy these. This is a couple thousand dollars in books, man. We got to... <laughs> I got to talk to my man, Ron, the EDC guy. We're going to try to make definitely make something happen. But um, fast forward, forward to a little bit, I want to yeah. ask this question. Now, I've seen this on, um, it was on Vice. Do you think, like, in the city that like, some people that don't want to join the Black Bottom Gun Club because they may be, like, oh, the Black may get targeted by, you know what I'm saying, the, the other side? Because i seen something on, on, it was on Vice. The guy got arrested because he was part of the, a gorilla approach was it? Black gorilla mainframe. Yeah, yeah. Black black gorilla mainframe. Yeah. He got the FBI came knocking on his door because he said he was a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Do you n- n- listen? Black Bottom Gun Club is not a terrorist group. We're not nowhere close. None of that. But just being because it's a black group about guns, about education. Mm-hmm. Do you think people sometimes get scared of joining, thinking that it was gonna get labeled as something that it's not? Well, so well, let's let's let's. 
Dallas in a little bit, right? So the dude's name, I think his name was Rakeem Balagoon or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, out of Houston, or I think it was. And so this group he was a part of, Black Gorilla Mainframe, um, this is around the time where the FBI came up with that ridiculous term, black identity extremist. That's, I, could, I, I knew you were going to come up with the word. I could, I didn't. And so essentially, right when, you, like, when that report came out about what, a, what they defined as a black identity extremist, mm-hmm. it was the craziest thing that I ever heard in my life mm. because they were basically saying that if you have an affinity and a love for black people and you have a, a slant towards the liberation of black people free from oppression and, and essentially if, if your thought process is that black people are as American, if not more American than some of these people who call themselves American. Right. Right. Oh, you're anti-government. Mm. Right. That was kind of like the mind state, right? Oh, you got guns too. You mm. really anti-government. Mm. You can't be too American. Right. 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 You can't be too American. Otherwise you anti us, mm. which is absolutely mind boggling to me. Right. So when you look at that, that was something for me that I kind of celebrated, right? Not that he got arrested and was put on trial and all that, but this this whole title, I kind of celebrated like in a, you know sarcastically, like, oh, right. bet I'm a black identity extremist in that case, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and so to answer your question though, if 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 people are concerned about um, being labeled as such or being you know seen as you know racist, somebody asked me one day like, what if there is a white bottom gun club? Like literally, I, you know what? I, you, I saw you, that. I saw you that. You see that, right? I saw that. that was a while. That was a that, while ago. That was a while ago. That was wild. I'm like, come on, man. Like, Are you serious? Like, first of all, you're expl- you're expressing your ignorance in full view of mm-hmm. everybody in the world right now because mm-hmm. you don't have a historic understanding of that neighborhood and the community of this mm-hmm. other city, right? Uh, but secondly, it, it further shows just how far-reaching people are with their twisted ideology mm-hmm. um, about what it is to be black and what blackness is. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question about why people might feel targeted or if they feel hesitation. Hesitation. To, yeah, 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 yeah. Hesitation or whatever word. If they feel hesitation to join in our gun club, I'm sure that for some people that is part of the reason, right? Because you, have, you still have a lot of people say that, oh, if black people start getting guns, then it's gonna get, we gonna, we gonna get all the gun control we want, right? right. So it, that, that mindset of that internalized racism mm-hmm. or fear of being subject to racism, which mm-hmm. is still in a way internalized racism, right? right. Because you're afraid of, of, of participating in an activity or a group that has blackness on full display. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have that mindset, then yeah, people are gonna be apprehensive and hesitant to mm-hmm. join an organization that is proudly pro-black, that is proudly you know, supportive of gun ownership among black folk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but what I would advise them to do is just look us up, see the type of things that we do in the community, right? Beyond the gun stuff. But then you can see the gun stuff that we do too. I- I'll just be honest, we're, we're always a gun club first, right. right? So we do training, shooting, practice. Right. But in a way, we're a community service organization as well because while we're doing this thing, that is your absolute fundamental right. Mm-hmm. We also want to make sure that you are responsible and you are safe and you are educated with it. Right. So it's not just, oh, we want guns and F the man and da-da-da-da-da. And it ain't right. just that. Nah, this is this is like my man and Captain Phillips. Hey, look at me. I'm the captain now. Nah, this is right. our right too now, right? Right. And so, yeah, people might be hesitant or apprehensive. Um, I would just advise folks who are hesitant and apprehensive that you, you don't have to be, right? Because this is a space that's welcoming for you, mm-hmm. right? And we might have disagreements, but we aren't disagreeable, 
Right. Right. And we welcome the dialogue and we welcome the conversation. Well, so everything's a conversation. Let's, yeah. let's, oh, yeah. let's get let's get straightening. Oh, yeah. They say let's get straightening. We're good with that. And um let's talk about it. That's another thing about uh like everybody look, this is the part of Pop Culture Two Three uh podcast that we're trying to get game, right? So please go share, repost so the message can get out there. And that's another thing I like. I'm up. <laughs> I'm a, I call myself part of the Black Bottom Gun Club in Naga, but I don't think I renew my membership you gotta, yet. You gotta get on deck, bro. <laughs> so, but like even like it's a members feed, but in that members feed, Chad, I want you to talk about a little bit. Like he Chad is a lot of education about legislation, rules. I mean, things that's coming down the pipe that the average gun person, like okay, you get you get your CPL license, right? And you think that's it. But that ain't it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, you go shoot. They tell you, you go, oh, you need to train something. But you need right. to also need to know the laws and things you can and can't do and other things that's coming down the pipe that may uh, affect the average gun owner, right? Mm-hmm. So in that feed, the Black Bottom Gun Club feed, he it's a lot of legislation, a lot of things he educates about what's going on. And that's a thing I like because... I want to say every couple of days is something. Seems like it's something that's something. Some document that Chad posting it on the feed, and I'm just like, man, they left and right, especially now with all this other you know craziness going on. They they definitely come coming after it. So just talk about you know the things that you put in there and some, um, you know the the things you put in there that people may miss and about the education about you know the legislation the different things that's going on. Yeah, for sure. So within the the context of the gun club and and the outreach and finding out what the legislations and, and laws are. So to be clear, part of this comes from the fact that because I'm in the gun club or the co-founder of it, I get access or invited to other tables, mm-hmm. right? Um, because of my position and, 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 and having this quote unquote, you know, pro gun slant, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I'm also pro people. Right. Right. And so being in that spot, you know, it gets it gets me access or grants me access to different people, different tables to have conversations with, right? And so when things are happening, whether it's a draft of a legislation, and I get it, and I get to you know provide feedback on what that is, like, hey, take right. this out, change this. Nah, we can't support this on no level whatsoever. Right. And I'm able to send that stuff up, right? So when I get drafts and stuff, or when I find out some stuff is coming, I'm absolutely immediately gonna share it with the members of the gun club because I believe that number one, I don't want to be the hoarder of information. Number one. Number two, if I'm finding out about this and I don't let y'all know before it happens, mm-hmm. then I'm not doing my job as the, as the chapter president of this organization. I'm not doing my, my I'm not handling my responsibility as a leader, mm-hmm. right? Because my responsibility as a leader is not just to hold on to power, but share information so that you can be empowered. There we go. Right. So relative to the legislation stuff, I get stuff like that every week when something has happened, whether it's at a federal level mm-hmm. or at a state level. And I do my best to try to share it. You know, I you know, I read it, try to analyze it, share the information, all of that stuff, just so that, you know, the people around me in that in that sphere of influence mm-hmm. have that same information so they can let other people know what's happening, what's going on. These are the changes. Because to your point, you're right. Being a concealed pistol license holder, as y'all know, comes with a hell of a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility. And oftentimes you are held more responsible under the law than law enforcement officers. Yes, you are. Right. So as a CPL holder and well, excuse me, as a CPL instructor, mm-hmm. I feel like it's my responsibility when I get some information, share that. Yeah. Right. So I don't want nobody to be an accidental criminal if you can avoid it. Right. Right. And I know that we was I don't know, it was two episodes ago when you 
we when he was talking about the what was going on in Oakland County about the you know just driving with the firearms in the car yeah. or um and and I guess I was asking myself when you leave a CPL class a respectable certified instructor that giving you game like they're not telling you like a, they're not really talking about how to transport or be with this firearm or they just look I want to get my recommended shots in with these students and, and just get them in and get them out because I'm I'm I need I only got the room for two hours three hours and they just rushing through the education and I'm not okay so <laughs> see your face I'm not trying to pull out instructors but me and the bear were just kicking like they not cause, okay he's a CPL instructor you're a CPL instructor I'm a CPL instructor Y'all probably taught more people than I teach because I'm more of a gun enthusiast. I like to shoot. So if I'm – my time is more on the range, training and right. shooting. Y'all community probably trained and, t- and taught more students than I have. So I'm going to talk about from y'all perspective because I'm just like, I know, especially on USCCA curriculum, it talks about this. And I know that the background that y'all guys have, that what y'all going to tell these students, especially outside experience, so like, that's not happening. Like people just when they leave that door and shut and it just closed and they gone, they forget about it. So so let me let me start <laughs> that and I, I'm gonna let you take it home with it. Just from personal experience, I've had a lot of people that literally ask about it before I even get to that part. So uh, the knowledge is coming there from source anyway because it, it's like if it's five of us in the room, one person asks. I'm glad you asked that. I was gonna get to that later, but since you you know on it, and we got a quick minute. Blah, 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 and, you know, shoot it off and talk about it. Or, like you said, I tell them from personal experience, you know, driving to D.C. or driving to, you know, to uh, Virginia and tell them about how happy before I even cross into that Maryland border. When I get to the edge of uh, Pennsylvania, I pull over, I take everything apart, you know, lock it up, put it in the trunk. When I get on the other side of Maryland, I actually get to Virginia, then I'm stopping again, then I'm pulling, you know, and going through the process, I've only had that happen, but outside of, somebody bringing it as a question of course i you know i do go through it but that's from again like you said my personal experience but i have heard of like you said instructors not saying nothing or not i just thought it was crazy that chad had to reinforce some of that information i that's just me that and i was just, remember i told you i was like man we gotta go over this you'd be surprised though but go ahead go ahead nah, like and to that point it's one of those things where if you want to instruct instructor that's worth your salt that's something you're going to teach your student, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to put some emphasis on what that is, what it looks like, and what it means. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that as an instructor, then you're doing malpractice yep. to I your agree. students, 100%. in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you set them up to be accidental criminals. Let's be clear. There is a, a saturation of instructors, CPL instructors in the Southeast Michigan, right? Let's be absolutely oh, yeah. clear on that, right? Heavy. Heavy. It's, a, it's a bunch of them. Heavy. And I'm not saying that all of them are bad, but I'll, I'll just say this. All of them don't put in the effort to make sure that their students are as educated as they should be before they leave that class, right? I agree. And and again, I'm not disparaging any one person, but it's a thing out there because I've had students of other instructors come to me after they see me put a video or after they see me on the news or something, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll call me or shoot me an email or, or message me some kind of way. Like, hey, I took this class, but I didn't learn about X, Y, and Z. That's, 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 is, that's malpractice. Keep going. No, I mean, it's malpractice at, at a minimum. Right. So, right. so, so here's what I, here's the way I look at it and take it too, because I've, I've had to add to what we're saying. 
I've been on the range teaching a class before, and this was actually, I don't want to say pre-COVID, because this was probably when COVID was first, you know, starting before they shut everything down. So so mid to early, we'll say probably this time of year, 2020, though, so three years ago. I remember being on the range, two ladies, mother and daughter, well, mother and daughter-in-law, and we went through the class part, we did all that, we had the range, we're shooting, and I just remember literally being done with them, or halfway, you know, almost done with them, and it's two ladies next to me that was getting instruction from another instructor, and I don't know if they were actually at the facility, I'm not going to put the facility on blast, but I couldn't tell if it was from another facility or just another independent instructor. But I just remember literally after dude walked away, the other two ladies literally watched the people I was instructing say, hey, you got a card? You know, so it's like you kind of even whether we teach, you know, we can teach our own students this, but the proof is in the pudding. When you can go somewhere else and there's somebody that's either in training or is looking at training, can look at what you're doing with your students and say, damn, we didn't learn that or, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, our targets don't look like that. And why didn't he talk about, because of course, you know, when you're on the range, it's not just, okay, pull out, shoot, boom, boom, boom. I'm coaching you through, you know what I mean? Because like I tell people all the time, I could teach the classroom part to a monkey if you give me enough time to let, you know, let them learn that. You know, where I like to shine is on the range to teach you the proper techniques and everything else. Yeah, I'm going to hit home what I need to hit home that's in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But again, I could teach you, you know, and, and Chad, I'm sure you know this, I could tell you whatever's in the classroom and it's just verbatim and talk. But if you don't, at the same time, just as much know how to shoot, then you just squeezing the trigger, and then you still leaving yourself out here to be ne- you know, negligent and in, in to some degree because they just willy nilly shooting. See, and then here, you know, here's another thing. Hey, how much? How much your class? One ten. Oh man, my homie do it for fifty bucks. Right. So, and I, like you said, it's a saturation of it, and like I said, and our it's kind of like okay, they got to go through the fifty bucks. And then pay us one hundred ten dollars to get the right information, right. opposed to just like. And this is another question: How important is like the virtual resume to like students that's looking to get some education from you? Meaning like the virtual resume and like TikTok or Instagram or Facebook to see what you're doing, see what you got, see what you offer, so they can compare it to other instructors and say, okay, well, okay, I see what he's doing here. Um, all right, you know, he may be cool, especially even with women when it comes they may say okay he's too aggressive or he's you know you, something may like oh they may look at it and say okay that's not for me how important is that visual to them as far as being on like the visual resume the social media resume for me i've been and, and I, you could probably speak to this part more than i can mine have been more so referral mm-hmm. and I've, I've done i probably have done more women than i have men and it's literally one of those you know, a lot of us, I won't say we know how women are, trust me, I'm not putting that out there like that, but, you know, just people in general, but mainly women, if it's something they're comfortable with, they'll recommend you to other people. Like, girl, he was cool, he did that, he blah, 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 whatever, and that's how I've gotten more referrals that way from that. Uh, for me personally, I think the social media is just a, a small percent, maybe 20% for everything. But, it's but, a, but today but, is but a but different that's, world. That's smaller for me. I know Chad's a little bigger, so... I, I'm, I'm guessing that would probably be a lot bigger of a percentage or a, a, an amount for you as far as the visuals. I would say, um, so 
when I shoot, I don't always record myself yeah, shooting. He, right? yeah. I don't <laughs> always record myself shooting and, right. and all of that stuff, right? I don't record myself in training sessions a lot. I'm starting to do that a lot more now because I'm Yeah, you said that. You're like, I'm about to be out here more. Yeah, <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'm beginning to see the value in doing so, right? But a lot of my 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 students who come to my classes are from referrals, okay? Um, like 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 Barry, my stuff is is word of mouth referrals. Not only that, but also I get a lot of times so you got shoppers, right? You got CPL students who are shoppers. And when I say shoppers, I mean they are called, they do a Google search, right? And they right. will call a bunch of people on, you know, those first few people or whatever, right? And see what those responses are. I get a lot of people from those types of calls, like mm-hmm. cold calls, like, and mm-hmm. because when I have that phone call, I interact with them just like they're a student already, right. right? I interact with them by answering all of the questions that they might yep. have about, even if it's a, you know, I'm, again, I'm not an attorney, so I don't answer legal questions, but I can point them to what the law says in terms of right. what the MCO statute is. Here's where, right. here's where you can find that information. At. I can't mm-hmm. give you a legal answer, but here's where you can find that information. That what at. if? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole what if game. Right? I said, I can't give you that answer, but here's where you can find the statute that might apply to that, right? But what other questions do you have while I got you on the phone before you sign up for the class? And I always say, what other question do you have before you sign up for the class? Assume they're going to do it. And then next thing you know, like 20 minutes later, I get the notification that this person signed up for the class. Yep. Right? I've had that happen. So yeah, somebody call you at 6 in the morning. 6, 6.30 in the morning. Baby girl yeah. called me. I'm like, I'm looking like, who is, what? what? But it, I'm on the way to work. But again, it was like you said, okay, so this is what it is. This is what we do. This is what we cover, mm-hmm. blah, 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 And like you said, literally like 45 minutes later of that, I got the notification. Boom. Yeah. I got it. Because, you know, it. I, I get, I ain't going to say I get a lot, but people call out, okay, when the next time you're having a class, and I'm like, well, me and, you know, I give them the email. I mean, the thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, you know, we can, you know, there's other things we can do. But I was like, I can turn you on to such and such. I can turn you on to such and such. But then I'm like, well, what happened? Oh, I hit my man up. You know, I'm like, uh, as soon as I hit my man up, I'm like, oh, all right, know what that was. All right, yeah. so what, what else are you doing today? Right, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? And so I, I think a part of that, though, man, is is you got to be able to create value for the people who are going to be mm-hmm. in your class, mm-hmm. right? More than just that block of time, yep. right? So one of the things I, I, I have for every student of mine when you take my CPL class, you get a perpetual discount on any other class that I offer, That's like for defensive up. shooting and intro to defensive shooting, defensive carry concepts, performance shooting, all of that kind of stuff. That's what's you up. You get a perpetual discount for that. Number one, number two, um, when you take a CPL class, I give you a link to, I give you an email to a list of a bunch of links where you get five, ten percent off, whether it's holsters mm-hmm. or whatever the case is, right? Um, number three, if you take my CPL class, you get a free drop-in jujitsu lesson. From my guy, Sean Davis. Mm. Right, I need that. I need so, that. I'm about to say I need that too. So like, go take take a quick little class with Chad. So like, we got a free class coming. <laughs> so you get a Chad. you get a drop in lesson there, right? And that's including eye and ear protection. Mm-hmm. You know, lunch or whatever. I pay for lunch in my classes. Mm-hmm. The, the perpetual discount, all of that kind of stuff. So what what I'm saying is, yeah, your your price could be your price, no waiver from your price, but increase right. the value for right. the people that's going to take your class. Right. And when they see the value in what you're doing, then the social media is cool, mm-hmm. but you get a lot of a lot, a lot of you know new people from you know from word of mouth. I just find myself like I just like you know CPL instructor. Like I said more gun enthusiast. I just kind of find myself liking to make content. Um, I just my creative mindset, my beautiful mind, um, and low key. Uh, Chad did this little advertising drop. I didn't even ask him to do it. I was gonna do it anyway, but he That's talked about. <laughs> Apex defense classes, everything you offer, because I was going to talk about that. Um, like the idea, did you have the idea of Apex defense before you became a CPL instructor, or is that just kind of like all rolled into one? 
it was kind of like, you know, as I was thinking about, should I do this or, or, or what, right? And, and the reason behind that was partially because, all right, I'm seeing other people doing it, and my class was a class of like 50 people, right? And so I couldn't get a question in edgewise when I had my CPL class, right? So I'm like, all right, maybe if I'm an instructor, I can reduce that ratio so I can answer people's questions instead of, you know, leaving them to rely on using YouTube and Google. Right. Let's get it in the class. So that was part of it. The other part of it was um, within the context of the gun club, mm -hmm. if I want to be able to have the information to teach people in the gun club, then, all right, let me get credentialed in at least one of these organizations or disciplines or what have you so I could offer that either at a discount or free or whatever the case may be as well. Just so, like even with um – the bear, he has he does CPL class, but then he offers the advanced classes, you know, mm -hmm. under his company. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I see that you do the CPL classes, and then you offer you got the Apex uh, Defense uh, training. So I'm like, okay, that's just me telling me that visually, the education and mindset is beyond the traditional CPL right. class, uh, kind of like doctrine, you know, right. so to speak. It's not you didn't take what they gave you and say I'm just going to teach this, but you shoot IDPA, you train, you know, you go do yeah. the practice. So you know it's more advanced stuff out there that the students need to know. Mm -hmm. And then even with you, y'all know there's more stuff out there that students need to know. And, that, you know, that's that's kudos to y'all, man, for, like, yeah. even having it and offering it. Because I tell people, look, you want to take a CPL class, get your credentials, but go to somebody else to get a better education of what this platform right. is. And I'm like, okay, well, go to, you know um, – um, Chad, you know, you know what he does. Go to I can I can say that, you know what I'm saying. But well, they already know, you know, Apex need to defense uh, training. But like I said, like kudos for y'all for even offering that and, and keep right. giving that ed education to the people, man. And, and you know that, but that's why I wanted to, and I started training more with you on the and the filming thing is cool, you know, the more because I'm with that too, and wanted to be able to do more out and, and just be in a booth in a range and shooting and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But um, having the more tactical training there's more real life scenario training that, you know, that we get to do and then, you know, running with acts and everything. Um, I wanted to do that to bring my game up as well to bring it. See, see my, and that's been my whole thing. Everything I learned, I may not give them all the bread and butter, but I'm literally giving them, you know, the majority of what I learned. Well, that's, I mean? a, that's a value add for your students, right? That's what I'm so saying. When, when yeah. you invest in your, the training for yourself, yep. That's something you can pass off. Exactly. You're not going to pass off the whole thing, but that's a value add to your exactly. students because you can speak from that level of experience exactly. that another instructor might not have. Mm -hmm. Like, it's people who I took my... Um, so you're saying it's a difference between a CPL instructor and a... And a teacher. It's a difference right. between right. an instructor and a teacher. Big time. Right? Because Big a teacher time. is going to invest in themselves so they can invest in their students. Hey, man, hit that. Hit that. Come on. Come on. All right. Okay. There we go. There and you go. We get a couple of them shots right there. <laughs> But but no that's that's and, and that's and that's what I'm saying because when I decided I wanted to do more advanced classes dealing with movement drawing from holster I didn't want to do just a draw from holster class because I've seen a bunch of people that have just those where it's 45 minutes or an hour and that's literally all they practicing on drawing from holster coming out presenting and so forth my thing is just like it's fluid so why stop it just that when I could work on actual dynamic movement learning and so forth hell I'm learning it anyway mm -hmm. so why not bring it and do it again. And, that, and, I, and I've had a couple like that, and it's just the advancement of it. So now I can also add that to my shotgun class, my AR class. Now it's not just movement with pistol. Now I can incorporate that movement as well with shotgun, with AR. So now 
I can do an advanced AR class. I can do advanced shotgun. You know, and it's like you said, just building off it to bring that education to to students. And you know, because I'm I'll be creating content. And you know, me, I start off in the training world, especially in like in the uh, black community. I was like, look, I want to do something that's different. I'm not going out there running out there in full attack gear, although I got it. Right. I want to, you know, train in the stuff that we I wear every day, T-shirt, right. jeans. You know what I'm saying? I want right. to train how I get it. And I be trying to, like, look, man, we got some shooters up here in the north, you know, in, in right. the Midwest. Like, we can get down. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I get oh, tired yeah. of seeing the people in the south showing what they're doing. Like, listen, man, we can get down, right. bro. We we right. we can, you know, we can mess with the best of them. That's why I be trying to show, you know, skills, you know, from, mm-hmm. just show my skills on IG or whatever, just to show, like, look, we, you know, there's some shooters this way. Um I'm more concealed carry with mine. I'm, you know, trying to, you know, give uh, some good content so people can say, okay, look, if they DM me, I can say, look, this is what I do. You know, this is what I recommend. I got, you know, people hit me on the DM like, who you recommend in your area that uh, you recommend for a CPL class or training? And you know, I shoot, you know, I shoot the names out. But um, like I said, bringing that value to your classes, like, like teach, like not a CPL instructor, but a teacher. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh that's um. That's that's real. Dope. Well, let's be clear real quick. You just said something that was kind of important, and I want to highlight it a little bit. When you say that you want the, you don't, you're not the instructor that goes out and tack gear and all of that stuff, right? Not on front. I wear car. I go. I wear cargo pants and, and all of that. I do. I, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, I mean, okay, that's, okay. That's, let me rephrase. It's it's, it's that's seems because we know what you know what it entails to be able to have more pockets. Yeah, I can like man. Right, so yeah, right? yeah. So, but at the same time though, when you talk about doing your videos and your jeans and t-shirts or whatever, and the, and the clothing line you created, what you have done. That I don't know if you have thought about it in this way, but I have, is you've provided uh, a visual to how accessible it is to the right. everyday person. Right. 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 So think about it in that context, right? The content that you're creating is showing how accessible that doing this thing is. Like you got hours and hours of training behind it, right? But you look just like I would look if I'm out on a Saturday afternoon at the grocery store or something. Right. You see what I'm saying? So by showing that level of accessibility, that's a value in and of itself. So don't right. don't sell yourself short on that piece. Oh no! Thank you, yeah, thank you, thank you for picking there you up. Go. That boy good. Give me that random. That, that random watch. That boy good there. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this question. Hey, hey real quick too, KJ, because we coming up on about ten minutes here uh-huh. uh, for the show, so we gonna, you know, get together some some good stuff too. I want to get into some good stuff too. We about to. I just, I want to know. I, I got I got fit I got I got a, it's called a lightning round okay okay, okay. it's called the lightning round just okay. where, where we at right now okay where, how much time we got left about ten minutes okay we're gonna go straight to the lightning round dang the producer so look I'm just telling you man. you ain't got time to think about it. I'm gonna ask you a question <laughs> all, right. all right some questions so look Glock or Kanic Glock okay uh who riding shotgun mama or wife my wife okay okay Malcolm X or MLK Oh, can't think about it. I, I, um, Martin Luther King X. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. We gonna go there. <laughs> Seven six two or five five six. Five five six for availability. Mm. Paper targets or steel targets? Steel. Mm. Big ear pot. Wu Tang Clan. It's for the children. Hey, 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 hey man, listen. That, dog. That's, that's listen, 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 about. listen. That that, that wasn't on there. No, but but it is what it is, man. <laughs> hey, I got I got exposed my son to Wu Tang Clan, man. I got exposed my son, front, baby. I got exposed my son to Wu Tang Clan. Uh, yeah, that's rules. You know, but, you know, it's crazy. Y'all was talking about earlier, man. Um, like the like the canic. Like, what's the 
like, okay, I'm an M&P guy, right? I started mm-hmm. with Glock. What was your first firearm, Chad? You Mine? Uh, it was a Glock 19 I got. And I actually won that Glock 19 from writing a mission statement for the National African American Gun Association. Give me some claps from that. Give me some claps. Yeah. This, this, this dude bought a high point. We ain't going to get into that. Wow. But, um, <laughs> this guy, man. He, he, look, he loved so, to so, so what's the deal up? with the Canics, man? Because I, I was telling somebody, look, man, for affordability and what they're offering, different, the lines and the upgrades and the things that they have on the Canic, like, is that, is the Canic a good platform? Because I haven't shot it yet. I think I was gonna go to the range today and just run a couple off just to see how you know just how, see how it shoot. But I know a lot of people like the Canic. Yeah, Canics are great, man. When you, especially when you talk about price point, they are probably the most feature rich guns at their price level, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, like when you compare it to say, for example, a Sig, to get all the stuff you will get in a Sig compared to a Canic, for a Sig you're gonna be at the, around that eight hundred dollar thousand dollar price point mm-hmm. with a canic you might be at around six right mm-hmm. uh six or, or or lower so for the price point and the features that they include canic is is really really it, they very legit for that right mm-hmm. um they have pretty good ergonomics they got a very solid trigger um they look they have a little bit more muzzle rise than i would kind of expect for it right mm-hmm. out of a nine millimeter yeah a little bit more Put this way, I mean, I, I'm just that was just, it's more muzzle rise in a Canic than it is in a MMP. But MMP has, yeah, it's just it is what I'm, it I'm, is. I'm, 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 okay. And this is from like, so you, you know my, uh, you know one of my mentors, Ross Palmer. Mm-hmm. He um he he shot my Canic and he shot the uh, MMP uh, 2.0 competitor side by side. Hey man, hey man, I got me one. Right. And so you could you could see the noticeable muzzle rise in, in both of those. Yeah. Right? Uh and the canic just had more muzzle rise. Fantastic trigger. Now my canic, I put a different trigger in mine. Mm. Like even even the, the stock trigger was fantastic, mm. right? But I upgraded my trigger to a, a, a Freedom Smith trigger. And it's like it's it's a, it's godly for real. Um and I and and I understand that man because I'm a I'm a Glock CZ guy and yeah. to, to me like my P10 look I put my P10 in my hand it's it's like nothing you know what I'm saying but and as far as great as that trigger is I still upgraded it yeah and I and it's it's a slight upgrade it's a hive trigger and a lot of people think well the hive stuff is just the colors and it's no nah, that, that flat face that's on that one it, the reset on it is so it's so short it's it's ridiculous and it's man that's and it does make a big difference, though. So I, I, I'm, and I'm only saying that to add to that, because a lot of people think, man, Glock perfection, big quotes. But why you gotta always change the trigger? It's not just Glocks that people change triggers out. You know what I'm saying? You could have a gun like a Walther or like yeah. a CZ, or you know, you know, I, just from your experience, not mine, but with the Canic having a good trigger, and you still want a better trigger. Yeah, you know it, I mean? it's 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 also good to, and I'm gonna say it, it's good to see that the industry is kind of leaning towards performance on some mm-hmm. of their guns and getting like stuff on it you can buy it right yeah. off rip yeah like before i used to take my guns to atei and get it um get the gucci'd up or whatever mm-hmm. triggers but now you can kind of like even with the competitor it, it has it's, it got ports on it it got cuts in it the trigger on that and that trigger is a beast out of the box um so it's like you and it's mos is cut at the top so you paying a good price right you don't have to send it nowhere to get it get redone but a lot of other companies with their guns are offering like different, you know, they're offering yeah, the they're upgrades on, that. you know, yeah. and I think that's, I think they're listening to the community, the people that's buying and going to like the performance side of it or yeah. add more stuff to it. 
Um, like, like I said, that's that's a that's a cool thing. Even like you would never even think about it that Glock would do something different with a trigger, but they came out with that Glock just, performance trigger. I was just about to say that. I was going to ask. I, I he said something that. about that. So, I want. I got to so, put my so, fingers so here, on this Here's thing. the thing. I haven't shot one yet, but I've I've heard good stories about it, and not just from that. But when they came out with the Gen Five, the barrel mm-hmm. on the Gen Five, I'm telling you, it is totally different. At, yeah. At, at, at what yard did you at, at, at did like at what? At twenty five yards, at, at all of them, the the the, the barrel. See here, here's my. Goal I, about I know that. I heard that they, they did upgrade the barrel. I yeah, did, I did hear that. Yeah, they they should have they should have done that with the trigger at the same time they did the barrel. Yeah, and then it because honestly that would have brought Glock back to the forefront of look, man. You can say what you want to about Glock's ugly, blocky, blah blah blah, but the difference. See, that's why I want to shoot that new trigger now. The difference in that barrel. It's hard to explain it, but you can you can definitely tell if you're a shooter, you can tell the difference between yeah. the old polygonal style or whatever it's called polygonal mm-hmm. versus this new one. You can yeah. definitely tell the difference. It's definitely a difference between yeah. the two barrels, and that yeah. and that two, and that trigger. I'm telling you, it's have you checked? Is it smooth? Is it smooth like the Zev? You up on? Have you ever? What you compared it to? What can you compare it to? I would say it's comparable at this point to the P, the trigger in that Walther PDP. Mm-hmm. And that PDP mm, trigger is a, a hell of a trigger, yeah. Like it's comparable to that. Because I put that like on a like a, a step above them them uh, P10 triggers. Like, <coughs> it's comparable. And a step under from the uh, the shadow triggers and all that. Yeah, yeah it, it's comparable to. The it, it's PDP crazy trigger. how it's, like, it's, it's really really good. I put it in my 19 and I put it in my 47. Mm. Look, so so uh, it's funny that we got three instructors here and everybody P10 got the clock. <laughs> I'm an MEP guy, so it's great to see different perspectives of you know what your firearm. You know, I get my homeboys and they're like, "Man, I want to put this that on there." Man, you know, my my is is listen. First of all, shoot the gun. Let's right. let's work on your grip. Right. Let's work on some fundamental things first. Right. If you want to add some of this stuff to it, let's add yeah, let's it. But let's it, add yeah. it for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ca- if you conceal carrying this gun, this is your. Everyday, you know, carry gun that mm-hmm. you had to go to war with. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't gonna say you want to put everything possible on that firearm, right. especially you carrying to conceal. You don't want too many snag points. You, you want to add all that extra stuff. You know, on extra stuff. Reason. I said some of the things you see on guns are for competition. Mm-hmm. It's out. It's race gun stuff. It's not like you know concealed carry yeah. stuff. In my opinion, not that this is my opinion. You know what I'm saying now. Triggers, I've been kind of spoiled with the MEPs and the Apex because of the, you know ATI dug in them, do it up. So I've been kind of spoiled with it. So like I said, it's just um, I tell like, look, let's let's don't shoot my guns and think I want it like that, right? Because I didn't put some time in and I didn't shot this five thousand round, ten thousand round. This gun is different mm-hmm. because of the amount of work I put into it. Mm-hmm. Just shooting it, not like upgrading. Right. Right. So don't take my firearms as being like what you want. Like shoot your gun, get comfortable right. with your gun, work on your fundamental stuff, and then let's see what we can add or, you know what I'm saying, you want right. to do. Don't, don't just jump out the window and say, look, I want this, I want that, because I, right. I seen it on YouTube. Now, now one thing I will say, and because I, I know we're getting even shorter on time here, um, but just to add to that, there's one thing I will say that I like about some of my students that I've had. So a lot of the, the guns that I have them shoot for class will be my P10, but it's got the trigger. But it's also my my kind of I don't want to say Gucci or race stuff Glock, but it's you know it's tuned. You know, saying so I got a, a different trigger in there, I got a different um, um, guide rod in there. It's the it's the Gen Five, so it's got the better barrel, so forth, so forth. And I've had man, I got one dude. Matter of fact, I just left seeing my man earlier. He shot it. He didn't even like nine mil. He carried you know, forty and up. That was it. I said, man, just shoot it, just try it. Even with the beaver tail on there from the, the newer ones, he was like, man. I'm about to go buy one of these, and I want you to put it put it together just like this. Yeah. 
You know, hey, you know what Trump all that? When you get new students, just hand them a staccato and say this shit. <laughs> See, he wanted staccato with him. Hey, the staccato shoot itself. Just put, I just put ammo in it, man. The staccato, the staccato shoot itself, bro. For the price, it better shoot itself. That's real. Hey, I'll say this though, man. To your point, it's always gonna be process over products. Yes, right. It's always gonna be process over products. To quote my man over a high caliber firearms trainers, process over products all the time. You can add all these different things. It's not going to make your fundamentals better. It's not gonna make your fundamentals more solid. It's not. It'll, it'll, it'll be more. <laughs> I, I beg to differ with the staccato. Okay, well, the staccato. You <laughs> go might, ahead, go ahead. I can be a cheat code, right? But at the same time, though, it's, it's the hack. It's not going. It's not going to make your fundamentals more fundamentally, right? Right. It's going. It's not <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Fundamentals oh, I, more I fundamentally. Saying, no. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to. The the products are not going to enhance. You know the work that you and the progress you get from right. refining the processes of shooting skills. and hey, the skill hey. sets. Right? Staccato is like having a Boston during spades. All right, <laughs> right. that's fair. Hey, <laughs> hey, okay. So look, 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 look. Hey, Chad, I want to. We about, we we getting short for time here. Yeah. So look, tell everybody where they can find you um, as far as the, um, your your company, especially the Black Bottom Gun Club. Because we want. I'm a. I'm gonna go yeah, pay my money, like man. We meetings. want. We want people to. I want people to to join because I want to get out there. There's 100 people. We got 200 people out there training at the Century Gun Club. And shout out to them. Um, I want I want like I said, I, maybe have some classes on Sunday so I can go. Man, I work on Saturday, man. And you know, with my son playing baseball and shooting axe, it's just I'm like, man, I need to get to the especially them Lady Range days. I've been I really you know I really need I really want to get more involved. It's just like I like man. You said vote on the day. I said Sunday, but then it's all Saturday events. <laughs> Yeah, everybody say Saturday. It, so. it is what it is. But go ahead, man. Just let people know where they can find you at, and um, fo- you know, follow you at, and you know, all your credentials, and so I can post yeah, it. Give me your socials and your website. For sure, for sure. So for the Black Bottom Gun Club, you can go to blackbottomgunclub.com. Uh, you can go to Black Bottom Gun Club on IG. Right. Uh, if you go to Black Bottom Gun Club on Facebook, it's gonna be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. For Apex Defense Solutions, you can go to www.apxdef.com. Um, on IG, you can go to APXDEF. Facebook is the same thing. YouTube is the same thing. APXDEF as well. Are oh, you on a YouTube game, dude? Yeah, I just, I just, I got two videos on there. I put up this week. No, oh, that is, it's, 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 it's kind of. I'm new to it. I just, you know, I'm it's, just, it's a little anxiety when you put your stuff out there. But um, yeah. like I said, look, we're going we gonna to post all this stuff. I need people to share, man. And like I said, the Pop Culture 223 uh, podcast is here to give gain and train the people um, that need it. Um, like I said, just share this information. We need y'all to share it. We need y'all to like it. Go ahead and give me your socials too, KJ. My socials, uh, Pop Culture Two Two Three on IG, and it's also Pop Culture Two Two Three on YouTube. So go follow, go uh, subscribe to the channel, um, Heavy Metal Lifestyle Two Two Three on IG. Go follow that page. I'm posting on both websites. I'm, I'm posting on both uh, social media platforms just to get the follows up and uh, um, the followers and the likes and the comments. So this is gonna be posting on both. So that's it for me, and that's it from. Uh, Pop Culture 223 today. I want to thank my man Chad my man. for coming out, man, like giving the game. We probably have him back on here because I know you had a lot more to talk about. And my man Dub on the ones and twos, he's back. Um, How you going to say Dub's back, man? I'm the bear, man. Oh, Dub and the bear. I'm sorry, the bear. <laughs> the bear's back. The bear's back. 
It's a podcast, man. We can say what we want to say. I, I do what you meant, man. I'll just, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, hey, it's a podcast. We can say what we want to yeah. say. I, I appreciate you for inviting me, man. And it's been a good time. Thank you both for having me here. I appreciate it. Hey, you's on my list of people to bring in, man. So we got it done. That's it. Okay. We out. We out of here. Peace. Peace.